Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, a premium independent podcast where we provide a premium fan experience. Hosted by Blaine Pudney, Treg Wilson, and Matt Smith. Our goal is to give you informative, honest hockey discussion and entertainment. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay. Uh, I'm joined this week by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. And Matt, the Thirst Trap Smith. Good evening. Can be found on our OnlyFans page, uh, Habs Unfiltered OnlyFans. So far, we've made $3. You don't want to know how. Matt's missing some underwear. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh it's an exciting week. Hockey starts on Wednesday. We're recording it's Tuesday night and tomorrow night we're going to be watching Montreal versus Toronto. And I'm sure that when we get onto Twitter, it's going to be calm, cool, collected. No one's going to be chirping each other. It's going to be great. Absolutely. So we clean Everyone's just going to be focused on watching the game. There's not going yeah. to be anybody on watching Twitter. the game. And yeah. no matter who wins, the other team will, the winning team will come out and be like, that was a hard fought battle. Good game by both teams. No yeah. one's going to chirp or yeah. COVID, yeah. High, no. COVID high five, et cetera. No one, no Habs fans going to go if Montreal loses about how this team's terrible and everyone should be traded and fire yeah. the coach and GM. No, no, that's not, that's, right. that's not what our fan base would do. No, <laughs> not at all. In my experience, that's never happened. <laughs> never. Oh, I do have a, a little piece of news to pass on. Uh, as of today, I'm also now not only with the hockey writers, but with recruits.ca. Yay. So pay up, buggers. Yeah, they're doing a very good, uh, they're doing a very good uh, deal right now. So if it, yeah. for whoever's listening, head on over to cruise.ca. You're definitely going to get a good, um, a really good deal for solid coverage for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, there's been a lot of good stuff in there in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Grant's been pretty much doing it slow, uh, solo, but now he's recruited a team to add to uh, to, his, the, to the website. So I'm going to be providing an article here and there. But uh, yeah, it should it should be fun getting it. A little, bit more, gonna, uh, you, a little bit more. A little bit more. Are you going to be the Apron Basu of recruits, or uh... <laughs> not tall enough? Sure, I don't know how tall he is. Never met him. But like, like, how is this some kind of thing? Because I'm Native Canadian. I don't know. I'm Native Canadian. Is that an Indian joke somehow? Like, what, what's wrong with you? I'm just asking because you're on a subscribed site. Like Apron is on, like the Athletic. Oh, oh, well. I... What are you going to turn this racial? <laughs> you people I'm telling you i'm talking about subscribe sites here <laughs> like our only fans page subscribe not <laughs> <laughs> for the save <laughs> just throwing out the stabs anyway yeah so why don't we just kind of just jump into this shit here and let's preview the season so uh I don't know if anyone was listening to TSN 690. I don't recommend it if you're eh. Tony. Tony's an acquired taste. Not everyone can listen to him. Tony Marinero is he's enthusiastic. He's very passionate. But he's an acquired taste. But yesterday he went on uh he went on with an interview with uh, Mark Bergevin and his whole shtick at the end was ça sent la coupe, ça sent la coupe. He was joking around trying to get uh, Bergevin to admit that they're going for the cup. And he kind of tongue-in-cheek agreed to it. And then, of course, Brendan Kelly took offense to this and Who? attacked that idea. So this is where we're at right now. Some people think the Canadians have a good team. Others are hoping they don't because they hate the Canadians and everything their fans stand for, like Brendan Kelly does. That's right. Called you out. So this is anyway. <laughs> he's, he's the reason yeah. we made three dollars on the OnlyFans account. That's <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the only. It's the only reason he knows about us. <laughs> it was a pair of yeah. Subban underwears. It's yeah. Subban. <laughs> yeah well they they did get into a fight with a teammate so uh listen brendan kelly's one of those people that he's only happy when everyone else is miserable That's montreal true. could win the stanley cup and he would find an excuse to if montreal say montreal does win the stanley cup this year and no i'm not saying they're going to win the stanley cup say they do brendan kelly will say they only want it because it was a shortened season and the way the divisions were made, they were almost guaranteed to be at least in the semifinals coming out of the division. And then he'll complain that they didn't do it in quick enough. Correct. So, you know, they could, they can get three sweeps and win the last series in five games and he'll complain that they lost one game. Yeah. You know, and then he'll say something like this isn't Bergevin's team because Gallagher and Price were drafted by Bergevin. Yes. <laughs> find so. any excuse to not enjoy what fell in our laps. Um, I Fuck don't, I don't think Montreal is going to win the cup. No, However, but they've got a good team and they could go deep. 
they have a playoff built team, meaning they could go, they could surprise everyone. They yeah, could, they could, they could. But deadline, so could. maybe a trade deadline deal, bring that last piece. But Who knows? you know, so could many other teams in the. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to be strong. Colorado is going to be strong. Uh, you know, getting out of the North, I can see them getting out of the North Division. Sure. That's possible. Uh, but I, I think Cup's hopeful, but I don't. I don't see it. I personally don't see it. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. This is a yeah. season preview, not a playoff preview. So. Oh, oh, I thought. Whoa, I thought we were talking about the Cup here. It's it's the first of the season. Like most oh, other teams are planning their parades. No, no, we're not Toronto. Oh, sorry. Oh, here, here. I got a gift for Toronto. It's it's special. It's, uh, oh, 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 there it is. I hope you love it. I put a lot oh, of thought into it. Take offense. They're going to take offense. They're in Ontario. They take offense about everything. They're a bunch of hipsters. Edwin Leaf's going to write an article about this tomorrow. I'm sure he will. Right, Matt? Everyone in Ontario is just some dirty hipster. Right. Something like that. Matt's the biggest <laughs> Simmons fan on the face of the earth. I only, I only live here. Remember that? <laughs> You're from I Jake saw, Allen. I saw a special hot take on... Uh... Yeah, I'm from Jake Allen country. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, there you go. But I saw a special hot take today. It was um, someone saying, you know, Corey Perry got waived but Joe Thornton's on the first line. Yeah. And that's a Leaf fan trying to chirp the Habs. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that was terrible. It's not working. Even Leaf fans don't want Joe Thornton on the first line. <laughs> no, no, they liked it. Don't get me wrong. I like Joe Thornton. I think he's going to be a good fit there, but you don't want him on your first line. No. I, you and know what? He's going to, he's going to, he's going to make his damage to their, like, He's going to perform on the power play. That's what that's what he's really yep. that's where he's going to really shine, and he's going to be a voice in the locker room, and it's a voice that the, that the Leafs haven't had for many years. Um, you know they took a shot. I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Thornton fan. He's a fantastic player. He's a you know he's a sure thing for the Hall of Fame. But um, but I agree. He's 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 you know do you want to see him on the on the on the top line? Probably no. not, but we'll see how it goes. They'll experiment with it for now, and then what they'll probably do is they'll put Hyman up there, and and then they'll he'll make get something busted. Work. He'll yeah. just get busted. I was just gonna say they're gonna break him. They're gonna break the Hyman. <laughs> well, like Thornton's a guy. Like he's he's a guy that's they're, he's gonna stay on the roster. Like he's not a taxi oh, yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. They're gonna play him. So uh, how did this turn into a TSN? Uh, uh, Sportsnet thing where we start off. Let's talk about Montreal and then just go right into Toronto. Well, that's what I was going <laughs> about to say. I'm going to be like, hey, let's bring it back to you know so, what's relevant. Next that's up, the Canadians. Sports, next up on Sportsnet, Austin changed his toilet paper. What cookie is Ma- Marner eating before Austin changes toilet paper? It's all the same crap. So uh, back to the Canadians. We can all admit that this is probably the deepest team we've seen in Montreal in probably what 20 years, 25 years? Yeah, more than likely. It's a it's a you know they've got size, they've got skill, they've got speed, um it, you know, scoring up and down the lineup. Um the defense is fucking just mean. And well, then the, for the average and, and as the average for goaltending. Size, 
Yeah, the goaltending's great too. I mean, you got yeah. Carey Price and Jake Allen, but for yeah. average size on the defense, it's six. It's a six foot one, two hundred twelve pounds, and you can guess why it's only six foot one and not six foot two or three. Because Romanov's five eleven. Romanov's six oh, foot. Mette. Met Mette's five. Oh yeah, he ruined inch, didn't he? Yes. Uh, Mette's what five nine? Thereabouts. So the average weight on the Canadians blue line is 212. The average weight up forward is just shy of 200 pounds. The overall average is about 205. So, you know, you got a fast team with size. Yeah, Bergevin has built a playoff team. Yeah. And with the depth, with the depth that they have and the guys on the taxi squad and like I said, you can, all lines can really benefit from proper matchups this year, I think we've got a strong team. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just excited that hockey's back. Obviously, like you guys are as well. But um, I'm really excited for this team. I'm really excited to see what these guys can bring and the chemistry that um, is going to have to obviously develop very quickly. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this all plays out on the ice when they actually play against a team that's not themselves, right? So it should well, be you, it should be really exciting. You got you got a team that's built for more playoff series style hockey. In a shortened season, we're gonna be playing baseball series, so two, three game series against teams on the road. That kind of plays into how they're built. So the Canadians should come out fairly well based on that. So that's why I have them making the playoffs fairly fairly comfortably. Um, and despite a couple of injuries, they should be able to pull it out. Um, but that takes us, but we, and we've covered the, this, uh, this lineup extensively over the last week or two. Uh, so it's no surprise what they've come up with. So, uh, I think the next topic is how they're going to shave some, uh, some cap space. And before we talk about shaving the cap space, I think we should talk about our, our podcast sponsor, Manscaped. Support for Habs Unfiltered is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news. Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Everyone knows Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Calm and inviting, the signature scent includes a light citrus burst before settling onto the anchoring notes of vetviver and a woodsy masculine finish. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 with all the essentials for below-the-waist grooming needs, including lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulas. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and toner to keep your testes besties. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. I'll repeat, get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code unfiltered20. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. You'll now, always get the kitty. Throwing off my uh, my uh, product read there while you're just sitting there stroking your kitty cat. <laughs> so we talked about shaving. Why don't we talk about shaving some cap space for the uh, the taxi squad? Uh, Treg, you you had some some stuff written up on that uh, this week, didn't All right. you? I wrote an article about how Paul Byron would have been the easiest choice to go on the taxi squad uh, to save money. Uh, With him and Wheel down on the taxi squad, you're just them two alone. You're under the cap and you can keep 22 players on the roster. Uh, They didn't do that. Of course, they kept Byron on the team, which is fine. That's, it's not a bad choice. There's not a, it's not a bad, I would have kept him over Froelich. Maybe not Perry, depending on the game they're going to play. Uh, so a bunch of guys get sent down. We lost Juleson on waivers to Florida. Uh, we can get that into that a little later. Uh, Perry and Froelich pass through, that, which is great. I had a little worry that Perry might get picked up by someone, but he didn't. Uh, so he's through. Uh, and we are now... 700,000, 600,000 below? Just over 700,000. Uh, Just over 700,000 below the cap. 708, I think, is what it is. And uh, however, that we have a 21-man roster. That will change as time goes on because the cap situation will change. And after about nine days, uh, either Perry or Froelich will be – their contract will be – cap compliant and they can be brought up to the team to give us a 22 man roster. I, I don't see them doing that. I think they're going to stick with a 21 man roster just to keep saving that cap space. They'll bring them back and forth. Uh, but they can move uh, Cockney and Emmy. He's nine twenty five. on days off. They can move him down to yeah. the cap and they actually save more money by doing that. than keeping the other two, keeping uh, Perry down there. I, I see them doing both. They, they, uh, they left one spot available in the taxi squad, which tells me that they're looking at doing that. So probably moving Kotniemi or Suzuki on alternating times during off days, they'll move them down, bring them back up for paper, just paper transactions. And uh, on the Perry waiver thing, I mean, I was looking at it and I I went and researched. I can't find the last time an over 35 contract was claimed on a waiver wire. especially one of a player who chose to sign with a specific team. Like if, why would a team claim you right at the start of the season when they already said no to signing with you in the first place? Well, I mean, I didn't think Juleson would get claimed either considering he barely played for two years. Yes. They got, they got claimed by Florida, which has Shantrilla. So for, and they've got uh, Rick Dudley down there as well. He's a senior advisor. Um, so on the, uh, on the thing with uh, sticking to Perry before we go, before I move on to Juleson. Um, so I was a little bit, I was a little bit afraid that they, they would, uh, based on the fact, and you know, a lot of, especially Leaf fans, of course, they're going to say shit. Um, they, they said things like, oh, well, the Canadians picked him up and now, they're putting them on waivers. They don't want them. They, you know, Canadians were the only team that wanted them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
you got to remember, Corey Perry chose to sign with the Canadians. There were more. There were more than likely plenty of teams out there that reached out to him. He chose to sign with the Canadians, and my thought was, well, now he's signed. He's on waivers. Maybe a team that did want him can that can pick him up will pick him up. And obviously, now we know. You know, and I'm happy about it. I'm happy that he cleared. And he's going to be a, a very good – I think he's going to have a really good season for the Canadians. I really do. I don't think he's going to be a 30-goal scorer, obviously, or anything like that. But I think he's going to bring a veteran presence to the lineup that's already going to add to a very strong leadership group. And I think he's going to – I think the fans are going to really enjoy him. Um, when it comes to Juleson, really quick, um, really sorry to see him go. Um, I, I was – I was at the draft in uh, in Florida when he was drafted. It was actually when I met Blaine, actually. Um, love the kid. Um, very, very, very nice young young man. I was, was able to have a conversation with him after he got drafted. Um, you know, he'll be missed for sure. He was he's a he's a uh, he's a competitor. It just health hasn't been on his side, unfortunately, throughout his career. Um, I wish him all the best in uh, in Florida, and uh, as um, as Blaine brought up, the reason behind this was more than likely because of Shane Sherla and um, and uh, Rick Dudley. But uh, the only thing I can say is I wish him all the best. I was really really looking forward to seeing him have a full season with uh, with Laval with uh, Joel Bouchard. I think he really could have taken his game to the next level if he would have stayed healthy. So what I'm hoping for is if he does get placed back on waivers that the, uh, that the Canadians can kind of snatch him back up. That'd be fantastic, but we'll see how it works. Wish him all the best though. Yeah. So uh, with the taxi squad, we have, uh, we have Froelich, Perry, Paling, um, Lindgren and Fleury. So uh, with Paling and Flurry, they didn't need waivers. That's why no one saw them on a waiver wire because they're waiver exempt. They are also fairly young. So it's likely that they're just there until the AHL camp opens or until the AHL season begins because there's a gap. There's a couple of weeks where there's nothing going on. So why not just have them here? travel with the team, practice with the team. They're on the ice or they're getting, they're getting reps in at least. And that's why we see someone like wheel go down to the AHL. Cause if he gets a couple of weeks down there, they don't care to be honest, because when he, if they do swap around, we'll come back up onto the taxi squad and just sit there. They're not planning on using him. So I can, I, I see the, the reasoning behind why they did what they did. And the uh, the waiver thing with the taxi squad and Laval doesn't matter. Once you put on waivers and put down, you right. either taxi squad Laval, and they can interchange with Laval all they want. Because the, the taxi squad have, is essentially the AHL. Correct. And the advantage they have is Laval is in Canada, which is in – and also in Quebec. So there's a little bit different rules when it comes to quarantining. And I don't know how the bubble, the main team bubble, is going to work for that, but uh, – I just know when they were talking about the AHL with the four team Northern division in the NHL or AHL, uh, it's going to be easier for teams with their 
farm team within their division and within their uh, uh, geographical bubble yeah. to to move guys up and down. Whether again, I don't know what the rules are with the main bubble and people coming in from outside. I, I have no idea, but I don't want to even. Well, uh, when it comes to the Canadian, if the Canadians are going to send Paling and Flurry down and bring up Wheel and I don't know Wedet, just just uh, just spitballing. But if they they do that swap, um, waivers aren't involved. But uh, there may be a three day waiting period where they do a test. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if if you look at Calgary, Calgary's AHL affiliates down in the U.S. So if they need to bring anybody up to join the taxi squad. That person has to do a two-week quarantine. Uh, is it two weeks or seven days? Two weeks, because okay, they're from outside the country. Edmonton's the same too with Bakerfield. They have to. That's uh, right. Because they're coming from, and that, and this is another reason why you got to look at uh, Juleson going to Florida. Is Juleson's going to have to? He's not even going to be able to start playing for Florida until. No, they don't have that rule down there. They, are you sure? I thought. Yeah, was, the, for their federal rules, like uh, the United States, don't have that. The NHL team has a set rule, but that's I think it's five days with two negative tests. Okay. So, okay. right now it's still, not going to hurt him. Five days. He's not going to be able to play till next week. No. So. Not going to be able to practice or whatever. And I don't think that was their plan. I think their plan all along was just to keep him on their taxi, taxi squad. Which is a shame for him. Yeah. Unless he gets put down to whatever Florida's, I forget what Florida's minor league team is, but uh, Springfield, Springfield, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the taxi squad seems to be pretty much set. I, I'm, I do see they're going to have to follow the ten thirty rule, so 10, uh, 10 games in thirty days. So they sent them down, that's fine. You bring them back up after thirty days, they got to they got to be waived and clear waivers again to go down. So. I expect to see them come back up before the 30 days is up just to start that clock again. It is, it's cumulative. So the clock doesn't start again. No, it starts again. No, I, I just I was reading on Twitter, Twitter hockey experts said it's cumulative. So it's 10 days. If you take two days now, six, seven days later, you only have one day left. That's it. Once you hit 10 day, 10, uh, 10 games, 10 games. That's yeah, I'm talking it. about the number of days. Number of days is 30, and it's also cumulative. That's not – anyway, they're going to have to fuck around with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I can look it up to make sure. But You, you go ahead. You look that up. Yeah. And then when, I'm, when you find out I'm right, then we'll come back to it. <laughs> um, so, we covered the, uh, the taxi squad, Byron's cap hit. Uh, now, there's some – some rumors going around about Pierre-Luc Dubois out of Columbus and the Canadians being attached to him somehow and how they're very interested or not. Um, Matt, what, what do you, what do you make of this rumor? I mean, this is right before the season starts. What right, now, I, right now I'd say it's still just a rumor. Um, there's uh, there are, um, there are some websites out there suggesting that it's um, kind of like a two-team a two race to acquire him, um, the other team being um, Winnipeg. And we know that um, Patrick Lyonnais' name has come up a lot. 
could there be a could there be could there be a trade that could be made between the two teams involving those two players? It's really, it's really hard to say. Um, for 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 now, I'm just gonna, you know, I'll be uh, be on social media and I'll be on, you know, I'll be on TSN Sportsnet, whatever, until something happens. For for now, he's a member of the Blue Jackets. He's gonna he's. I think he's going to have a really good season, like he like he has been. He's a he's, you know he's a he's a an exciting young player to watch. He's a yeah. he's a power forward. He, you know he, he he puts the puck in the net. He's uh he's he'd be a hell of a like he'd be a fantastic guy to have on the team. I would not turn him down, but the price to acquire him that that's kind of where it kind of scares me. He's a definite want, and the Canadians have the assets to do it. But is he yeah. a need? If they had Pierre-Luc Dubois and Nick Suzuki as a one-two punch, I'd be pretty excited about that. Sure. Yeah. But what happens in two years when Suzuki and Dubois need, need a contract? Well, Dubois would need – yeah, you're right. It's hard, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Cause, and this is where, uh, this is where I, uh, I kind of – I went, ooh, wow, this is great. You know, I'd love to yeah. see him there. And then I thought yeah. about it. Dubois is making five million as it is right now for two years, which yeah. is which is good. It's a good cap hit for yeah, a player yeah. like him. Yeah. But in two years' time, he's going to be twenty-four. He's going to be entering his prime. He's going to probably be looking at anywhere from nine to eleven million somewhere. Depending, along it's lines. depending on his performance. Exactly. Right? But if he does, if he just keeps trending the way he is, that that's where he's going. So. If he's if he's around the right players, like last year he put up forty nine points in seventy games. Yeah, and but he went point per game in the playoffs, so yeah. they do pay for that too. Even though you're not paid in the playoffs, they yeah. your contract reflects your playoff performance. So, uh, you know, he, he's a great player. He'd be a great uh, he'd be great on the Canadians, but he's he more of be. a want. He would be, and then the fact that he's. Uh, you know, Quebec-born player, et cetera, et cetera. There's all, we, we know that um, he's been interested in him for, for many, many years. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it, it is more than a, it's more of a, a want than a need. However, I'm sure that Bergman is going to be phony and he's going to, he's going to inquire oh, yeah. and he's going to wonder, what do I have to do to get this player on my team? without giving up too much. And we talked a little bit about this before we recorded. Um, they've got an abundance of draft picks. They've got some um, some young talent coming up that not a lot of people talk about. Guys like um, Jordan Harris, possibly like a Jaden Struble, Norlander, those kind of guys. Um, if they could make a deal without having to give up, Kakaniami, Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, those kind of players, it would be hard-pressed for them not to do it. I don't see Columbus making a deal where not one of those that's, players. That's won. exactly it, yeah. Yeah, if I'm Kekalainen, I'm not going to pick up the phone go, oh, uh, Dano, uh, random prospect in a third? Oh, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. He's going to have to make something. He's going he's, he's gonna to have to try to do something, but. I, 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 as I said, I think it's more of a, a want than a need. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But it's got to be something that if the, if the deal was right, I think he's going to pull the trigger. 
but would it really push this team over the over any hump? I mean, does does he bring anything in the long term? Like obviously this season Dubois would be a better choice as a center than our current young centerman in Kotniemi and Suzuki. That goes without saying. He's further along in his development. He's going to, you know, he's going to outproduce more than likely he's going to outproduce Kotniemi. Maybe not Suzuki. We'll see what happens, but let's say he outproduces both. Yeah, he's a better choice at 1C, but two years down the line, like I mentioned, with him wanting, he's going to probably want more money. Suzuki's going to need more money. Um, Kotniemi is going to be up for a contract here as well. In the long term, what would he provide that neither one of those two can? Because let's be honest, but Suzuki's probably about as going to be about as productive, if not a little bit more so than Dubois. Plays a different kind of game. Kanyemi plays a similar style of game, but he won't be as productive. So what's what's the ceiling on Kanyemi? What about a 60 point? If we figure what, 60 points? Physical center? Yeah, that's about right, 60 points. And Suzuki, we're looking at about 70 to 80, right? Yeah. So those two guys are probably going to get bridge deals making about what Dubois is making now. So for the price of Dubois two years from now, we get two centers for the same cost. I think in the long run, the Canadians are better off sticking with what they have. I mean, they clearly believe in what they got. That's why they did this quick turnaround. So why would they just change direction suddenly and go out and get uh, get this player? He's a he's just a want. I mean, it's it'd be think, cool to have. I think him. a lot of this is gonna is gonna uh, come down to how the contract negotiations with Deno go. If yeah. uh, those start going south, then perhaps we might see a change. Yeah, and, and Deneau, I don't see I don't see Deneau, Dubois going and, anywhere. And Deno could be a part of a deal around getting somebody like that. Deneau would be better going to Winnipeg for, say, a line A and throw something in with him. It it might be. It might be. But for uh, if they wanted if they wanted to get a center back, then that could be that could be a piece that could be an NHL piece to put in. The way I look at it, though, Columbus has Dubois for the next, what, three years, two, two Two years. If they want a center, they're just going to keep Dubois. That's true. But I mean, you got the Kings, you got the uh, the Ducks, mm. Winnipeg. They all have centers that they're willing to give up. Um, Columbus is also looking for a defenseman. So, do you want to give up a Romanov? Do you want to give up a Suzuki? Like these are the na- the the level of player that it's going to take to get a Dubois. Playing, we have the second best defenseman on puck zone entries in the NHL. I don't think they want Mete. <laughs> They didn't put him on waivers, so obviously he's incredible. the second best defenseman in NHL on puck zone entries. That's it. That's all you can. That's all. That's all he's done. Is he got into the zone really well and did nothing? But uh... I, I'm I'm looking at my Facebook right now. Someone sent me a message. They said that they would trade Deno, Mete, and a second round pick. And that should be able to get a Dubois. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. What is that this? Ryder Halak in a second? Like, what the hell's wrong with you people? That won't give you a Deblois. 
<laughs> now he's retired. <laughs> Thank God. But um, all right. So we'll just uh, so we got the game against the Leafs coming up uh, tomorrow. We'll probably release this in the morning of the game. So game day. Um, Leafs Habs traditional rival. Uh, I mean. TSN's been going out of their way to doctor photos to make it look like it's competitive. So I don't know what I'm going to name off a couple of lines here and you tell me how the Canadians lines are going to match up to this. So according to cap friendly's depth depth chart, the first line for the Leafs is Joe. Oh my God. He's as old as I am. Thornton, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. So Matthews and Marner is a great pair, but should be the Deneau line. Yeah, that's probably going to be the Deneau line. I would say that Deneau's line would be able to keep up with that line. Well, Thornton won't be able to keep up with anyone. So it's going to be a track meet. I I don't understand why they are so gung ho to put Thornton on the first line. Veteran leadership. Set up Matthews. I mean, he can pass. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he's going to have to make freaking three line passes. You can't. Matthews would be over the blue line before the puck even gets to him from behind the, his own net. The no line will match up against that for sure. I would think so. Yeah. As much as they can, because the game is in Toronto. So, yeah. but then they'll probably end up with the Suzuki line and Suzuki's proven he can keep up with players of that caliber as well. Plus the caught Yemi line. Now that he has Armia and Toffoli, he has two good defending wingers. Yeah, and all three can skate. So, and not that Cotton is not a bad defender himself, but uh, I mean, that's the thing with Montreal this year. Like we talked about, they don't have an elite superstar, but they have three solid lines that can play two hundred foot game. And their fourth line is not that bad either. Well, all right. So for the next line, and Matt, I'm going to see what you think on this one. This one, this actually is the line I think is going to be their best line. Jimmy VC. John Tavares and William Nylander. I put Suzuki line against them, to be honest. Yeah. You got another defensive center and you got a guy that can um, go in hard on the forecheck. So I would do, I would do that. And Suzuki plays the same kind of hockey that uh, Tavares does. Not comparing the two, saying they're the same, just saying their style of play is the same. Don't at me. My God. But you uh, think Suzuki's better than Tavares? What's wrong with you? Suzuki never hit the – oh, no. Suzuki did hit the post at the end of a game in the playoffs. So they're the exact same. <laughs> they're the exact same. He doesn't even fail Tavares's hockey skates. Yeah, well, one one yeah, player's won a playoff round. Ooh, in Toronto. In Toronto. <laughs> anyway, um, the Jimmy VC pickup, I think, was a pretty good one, especially considering the cap hit on him. He's uh, – He's a guy that I think could, uh, on a second line with this team, could be a 20 to 25 goal guy. He Definitely. plays a, a north-south kind of style, a bit of a power game, and he's fast. So I think that line would, like the Suzuki line, would have to, it would have their work cut out for him, but it's a good matchup. I think that's Toronto's best line. I agree. They have three players who can actually play. And I'll in the same way. They'll all be in the same zone. Yeah. <laughs> but that's pretty much where things start to break down for Toronto. After that, um, they got 
Mikhaev, Kerfoot, and Hyman. I think I think the Canadians break that line. The the Kotniemi line, if it matches up to them. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. And the fourth line, whew, Barbashov, Bar, Barba, Baba Ganesh. Bar- I don't know. Barbashov. Baba Ganesh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Spezza and Simmons. So, so I can see the fourth and the third line kind of swapping a little bit yeah. and getting matched up against that. Yeah, but then you have Byron, Lackin, and Evans. They'll just skate circles around Simmons. Simmons will try to fight everyone on the line because he won't know what else to do. Hmm. And then uh, I don't know about Bubba Ganush. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> Bubba Rodnov or whatever the hell his name is. Bubba Hubba he's Hubba a, Bubba. He's a skill guy. Wait a minute. Where's Nick Robertson? Oh, Nick Robertson. Well, he's down on the taxi squad. What? Yeah. Did you see the laser of a shot he had in that scrimmage game? Unreal. The uncontested wide open shot. How does that not become? I thought Nick Robertson was the greatest draft pick since ever. Guy Lafleur. No, no, no. Wendell Clark. Get your shit straight. Oh, sorry. Man. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. that Their bottom six, the Canadians' bottom six, is going to feast all over that one. The Leafs, for the record, the Leafs actually haven't even brought out their roster yet. Eh, I'm going off cap for the. <clears throat> yeah, but they haven't. I know, but they haven't come out and said this is our. This is ours. They have. Yeah, but if- because because they're still they're still um, they've still got 13 forwards, eight defense, and they're two goalies. So if you put Nick Robertson in the lineup, it's an instant 27 to nothing win. Yeah, absolutely, 100. percent Especially if he plays with Thornton and Simmons. That line, right now, you can't yeah. stop that line. Cannot stop that line. Everyone's getting well, I mean, double fucking double hat tricks. Thornton's been playing on the top line this whole yeah uh, this whole training camp, and I I don't see them changing it come to season when he's been there the whole training camp. That, that he's going to start there. He's going to start there. starting there. I don't think he's going to stay there, but he's no. going to at least start there. Personally, I think Hyman would have been a better guy to go there then he might end up up there Mihailov may end up there I think what they're doing is they're going to start with this because they want that to be their power play line so build some chemistry on the power play he's going to be deadly Thornton's going to be deadly because they're going to set up down low and he's going to come in off that half wall and he's going to have he's going to open up at least four or five different kinds of passing lanes that power play is going to be freaking good sure it was last year, and then you add Thornton in, just makes it actually, even more dangerous. Yeah, their their power play was actually middle of the pack, but they did have. Uh, Keep in uh, mind, Riley, the Canadian power have play looked like shit. Yeah, they did have Riley gone for a while, and yeah, when you put a bunch of individual players on one line, they all just play individually. It doesn't really work. <laughs> it's like that uh, that automated football game, you know, the, the Ronco one, where you turn on and they just kind of. Going around in circles. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, I think uh, that's going to be the big thing this year for Montreal is their special teams. Yeah. They're going to need their penalty kill to step up because there's some good power play teams in this division. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, mind you, after January last year, their penalty kill team was ninth in the league. Um, I mean, that's not saying a month. It was only for a month and a half, but 
the power play is what still worries me. I don't see any improvement on their power play. Yeah, we added some guys to it, but unless you totally like, they have uh, Weber now down on the OV spot instead of up where he yeah. was. That's going to be a good. That's a good change. Um, but it still seemed like they're still relying on his shot, and everybody's going to know it. Well, so. yes and no. They got Jeff Petrie at the top, yeah, as the uh, as the kind of the quarterback, and you've got uh, you've got uh, Drouin down low, not in front of the net, down low mm-hmm. for and the Suzuki. cycle with Suzuki, Suzuki on the half wall, the half and you got Toffoli is the in the bumper for the shot. Yeah. So now you've got <clears throat> you've got at least three to four different shot uh, shooting options with a lot of really good passers. Uh, this is going to be set up to be kind of a, they're going to make it pretty. They're going to set up, get them, try and get quality shots. And then the second wave comes out and you got guys like Anderson and Gallagher, Kotniemi, Romanov. So these guys are going to just be a volume. They're going to throw everything at the net, including their bodies. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a, it's a, two contrasting styles on the power play. So teams, teams won't, won't be able to game plan specifically for the Canadians power play. They're going to have to game plan for two of them. And then you can even change that up a little bit as you go. But I think the Canadians power play is going to look a little bit better, probably end up around 15th in the NHL is my guess. Not expecting miracles, but. I mean, Hey, if they could just get to like, half of what they just half better than what they were before or quarter well, they finished better. they finished the season at around 17 and a half percent on the power yeah. play and a middle of the pack power play is usually around 20 so if they can get upwards of 21 22 percent exactly yeah it's not unheard of to get a four or five percent bump with a couple of new bodies um especially if you're getting a lot more power plays i think the canadians are going to draw a lot of penalties based on their team speed and that that aggressive style they're going to play on the four check, especially with uh, you got, you got Gallagher and Anderson playing a pincer move <laughs> coming in. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of pucks thrown over the glass, I think. Yeah, and Anderson's speed has amazed me when I see him in the scrimmage yeah. game and in the highlights is for a big boy, he's fast. He's really fast. So and he's going to have something to prove and he's going to be coming yeah. down the wing on guys like Riley and Brody Muzzin and Hall. Dermot and Bogosian. So those are the three pairings for the Leafs. Nothing in there makes me say, "Oh God, oh no, <laughs> we're in trouble." Like yeah. I, I, lo- I like Riley as a defenseman, but he's more of a two-way, more offensive side. Yeah, his defense is he's like a he's like a Carlson, a little bit, little flashes of really good defense. You mean but... San Jose Carlson? Yeah, N- not Washington Norris Trophy Carlson. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, yeah. Eric Carlson. Yeah, uh, he, he's more. He, I find him more like him. Defense is okay, but it's more of an offensive presence. Uh, yeah. TJ Brody, he's solid defenseman. He's an upgrade to Barry, I guess. Big time, yeah. Yeah, uh, defensively, Jake, Jake Muzzin if he stays healthy. Yeah, he's the anchor on their defense. I think Jake Muzzin. To me, Jake Muzzin is their best two-way player, two-way defenseman. I guess you can say. On the defensive side of the puck, he's definitely the best they got. Best, but I mean, I guess I don't want to say two-way, but I guess overall best defenseman because he's yep. not too bad in the offensive zone. He's really good in the defensive zone. Uh, 
whereas Riley's the best offensive one. Uh, their bottom pairing. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so all this is to say, uh, I think the Canadians are going to match up very well to Toronto because they have the speed, they have the size and the style of play that the Canadians employ tends to give Toronto grief. Just look at last year when Montreal had a depleted lineup, but they still went three and zero against the Leafs. If they play anything like Columbus did, Toronto's finished. Yeah, yeah. So Toronto, I, I, I mean, the additions of Thornton and Sims are going to help them a little bit in that area. But all they, all Montreal got to do, really, all Montreal to do is clog four players. You you know, shut down one of their lines and you pretty much are going to, I mean, they only, they have basically four players on offense, basically. Basically. Four really good players. Don't get me wrong. Like they're four game changing players, but I don't know. That's all I got. So I'll ask you guys this, uh, before we sign off, uh, the game to open the season I'm going to ask you to predict what you think is going to be the final. I'll put you on the spot. You, you don't have to give a, an exact score. You can say which team, if it's an overtime or not, you know, go for that. But uh, I'm going to go to you first, Treg, because, well, we want to look at Matt gaze deeply into the camera more. Uh, like that. Since my name's the villain, I'm going to say 4-3 Toronto in overtime. Okay. Matt? <laughs> oh, do you want me to explain why I think it's going to be 4-3 or anything? or If you want. At Karma. Because I've been spouting <laughs> shit on Twitter, and I think it's Karma's just going to come back and kick So me. what you're saying is, if the Canadians lose, it's your fault. It's probably my fault, yes. All right, so you heard it here first, everyone. If the Canadians lose a game, it's Treg's fault. Yeah. Hashtag. It's Treg's fault. Although I never did come out and say that Montreal was going to kick Toronto's ass. However, I don't know. I'm, I just, I got a feeling. I got a gut feeling Montreal's not winning the first game. So, Okay. Matt? Go with a 3-1 Canadians win, but I think it's going to be a sloppy game on both sides because it's going to be their first time playing against someone that's not their own team. So I think there's going to be I think it's going to be a sloppy game for on both sides, but I think uh, as the game progresses, it'll get a little bit more um, competitive. But it's going to be a feeling out game for the first one. So wouldn't be surprised if you see some uh, some changes to matchups throughout the game. I doubt we're going to see a lot of line changes or anything in the first game, but I think that they're going to try to get everyone on the ice a little bit more than what they should get their legs moving. We might see a little bit more Romanov. We might see a little bit more of um, the Evans line, et cetera, than we normally would in, you know, throughout the season. But yeah, I'll go with three one Canadians one. Yeah. I'm thinking the Canadians will pull out a win and for kind of the same reason you picked it. Um, it's going to be sloppy, but it's going to be a game where people are act- The players are actually able to go hundred percent, and be physical. So the Canadian, all the Canadians players are going to be finishing their checks. I think that's going to throw the Leafs off more than it'll throw the Canadians off. 
so I'm I'm seeing like a three to two or a four to three kind of game, but I, I think the Canadians can pull out a win. And if they don't, it's Trek's fault. So I've got one more, I got one more question oh, to ask. And yes. I, 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 I was going to bring this up earlier, but seeing that we're close to signing off, it's looking like Owen power likely be the guy that's going to be go number one at the draft. How about we make our prediction today who we think will finish below bottom of the league and why just, just quick. Tough. Or at least be in the running, at least be in the running for bottom of the league. Detroit. Okay. Yeah. They, they've added some veterans, but it's, it's hard because both Ottawa and Toronto, Ottawa and Detroit, I think actually improved their teams. They like, did. Ottawa definitely, Ottawa definitely did. I don't think they're going to be terrible, terrible like last year. No, uh, I can't see Ottawa getting into the division, but um, I'm like making the playoffs. But um, with them bringing, you know, they got Stutzel now, they got Derek Stepan. If he stays healthy, he'll definitely help out the team. Their defense got better. They got meaner. They got bigger. Okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So mine was mine was Chicago. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So mine was mine was Chicago based on the fact that Taves yeah. is missing the start of the year. Nylander's now injured. Doc's injured, which happened at the juniors, obviously. Um, they just got Andrew Shaw back, so that'll be a nice um a nice uh, addition for them. And they don't um, have any goaltending. That's my that was my big thing. Too bad um, Delia are yeah. be- So Colin Colin Delia has a he played sixteen games for them last year with six wins with 3.61 goals against Malcolm Subban last year won nine games in Vegas playing on a very strong Vegas team. And he was a 3.18 goals against. So you get a team that's very depleted already. And you've got two very inexperienced goalies. I think it's going to be a really tough time for them. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm a big Taves fan. I always have been. Um, I really hope he gets back to the lineup soon, but um, you look at a team right now that most of your offense is going to come from guys like Patrick Kane to Brinkett and Kubalik, and your defense is only going to really come from Duncan Keith and you've got no goaltending. I can see them being yeah. amongst the, the bottom teams. Yeah. Which That'd which is pick. which is a hard thing to say because Chicago's been consistently good for a long time. But and, everything's uh, just piling up on them right yeah, now. Last absolutely. year they weren't terrible. No, no. But, but you lose half your team. Stars are aging. Yeah, and their stars <clears> are aging. Yeah, and then the ones that aren't, even the young ones are broken. Like, yeah. How long before Debrinket you know gets gets injured with uh, the luck they've been having over there? Well, the so, Burncrat shouldn't be even in the NHL. He had a terrible World Juniors when he was there. So. Yeah, he was horrible. So, uh, World Ju- and if you have a terrible World Juniors, you can't be at NHL. Especially as an undersized player. Like, what's yes. he doing in the NHL? Terrible. Scoring 40-some-odd goals a year. Terrible. Horrible. Fluke. Absolutely. And if the Canadians uh-huh. would have picked him, he'd have been a bust. 
good point. Don't so, get me uh, I don't know. I, I think Ottawa is going to be down there. I do think, I think you're right with Chicago. Um, I don't know. Florida might be uh, another one of those teams that just underperforms and ends up down there. Like every year. Uh, Bobrovsky's already out with COVID. So who knows? Buffalo. Oh, geez. That would be hilarious. How long before Eichel demands a trade out of there if they hit the friggin' basement again? <laughs> Goes to Columbus for Dubois. <laughs> and then Dubois wants out after his contract. He's just like, why am I in Buffalo? Hey, the Bills won. Yeah. All right. So I think we've pretty much exhausted everything. Um, Let's get back to our waiver discussion, Blaine. I, no. I have the rules right here. Oh, yeah. What is it? It's what were you? Well, first of all, just say what you're saying because maybe we were agreeing. I just was getting what you were saying. No, no, read the rules. It says a player has not played in 10 games cumulative since uh, since he cleared waivers and no more than 30 days cumulative on the NHL roster since he cleared waivers. So he can do up to 30 days. Yeah, but even if he gets sent down say he does five days yeah sent down and does 25 days then he's done or 10 like you can sit down as many to up and down as many times as he wants until 30 days hits of added time so they can send him back down no problem as long as he doesn't pass 30 as long as it doesn't add up to 30 days that he's been on the roster yeah so let's say they get to 29 days send him down don't bring him back up or if you bring him back up, he has to clear waivers the next time he goes down. Does he? That's what it says. <laughs> it just says he can only be on the roster for that long. He can only be on the roster for 30 days, and then he'd have to go back on waivers to go back down. To go back down if he passes the 30 days. Correct. But if he hasn't reached the 30 days. No, that, you're go. absolutely right. It's, send him down. Send him down. No problem. But, no problem he, at all. And no you can bring him back. But then he has to stay. But he's already cleared waivers, so he can stay there for thirty uh, up to 30 more days and send him back home. No, he can only oh, stay yeah. there one day, and then he has to go back down. He has to clear waivers. Tell Zach Smith that, Mr. Waivers himself. And then, unless he plays 10 games at some point in there. Hmm? So he can play for 29 and get sent down, but if he comes back up and stays or stays for one more day, he has to clear waivers to go back down. Yeah, if he passes those times for games. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Just clarifying that. Okay, so now we'll end the show. No more, no more new shit. I'm gonna mute both of you if you try to uh, try and find new stuff again. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in, listening to the show. Uh, we appreciate all the support you guys give us. It's, it makes it a ton of fun. Um, even those Leaf fans that love chirping us. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes they're, they think they're chirping us, but they end up insulting themselves. It's really weird. So keep doing that. You're showing us up. Yeah. Editor and Leaf. <laughs> what a piece of shit that is. I'll call oh my you. God. I'll call you, Tanner. Yeah. 
Leaf fans hate that guy too. They're like, yeah, we can say dumb shit, but that guy takes the cake. It's, you know what, Leaf fans, we do not paint you all with the same brush. You are definitely not that bad as him. You're bad. You know, you improve yourselves, maybe switch to Calgary. I'm telling you, Blaine, keep maybe. it up. And we're going to lose the game. <laughs> maybe. Karma. 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 No, it's, we've already, it's already been established. It's your fault. All right. I'll take the place. So, I got big shoulders. There you go. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we appreciate it. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. And that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. 
and Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.